less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor interview. All right, Martin. Second time's a charm. Yeah. Yeah, take we two. Have a technical glitch. Yeah, this is human human error. Technical glitch. You're hearing this for the first time, but we've been going for ten minutes straight, right. and uh, with the mics off. That's all right. Sometimes that you get things. That just portends more about the owl I saw this morning. Oh come on! I don't even know if we're going to go back to that well, terrible that intro we had. Transition. We had a transition, but I think we can even come up with a new one now. Is that second time's a charm? You're not always going to get it right the first time. There you go. Um, We're ripping out 400 yards of concrete and putting it back in. Yep, exactly. Because it wasn't to spec, right? <laughs> so I'm going to introduce our guest sooner this time. We have Foster Wilcox with us. Foster, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Yeah. It feels like we are uh, living deja vu right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, how about you uh, introduce yourself? You're um, here in Oklahoma City. But yeah, tell us about where you're from and um, yeah, where you went to school, all that stuff. Yeah, I'd love to, Khalil. Thanks for having me. Uh, Foster Wilcox. I'm from Northwest Oklahoma City, born and raised. Uh, would have been in the Putnam City North District. Okay. However, cool. was homeschooled, and after that, went up to Oklahoma State. And we're ventured, sorry. <laughs> ventured uh, quite far north from Norman, and yeah. uh, ventured through the construction management program up there, and um, worked in the project management world for a number of contractors in Edmond. Okay. Uh, for a few years. What kind of contractors? General contractors. Just general contractors. Mm -hmm. Okay. Were they, what were they, like commercial, residential? Both commercial. Both commercial. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. And after working as a project manager for a number of years, uh, enjoying that, I was welcomed into the family business of financial advising. Mm. And so I still do the same thing that I did when I was a project manager. I <laughs> build relationships and help people and accomplish goals. It's just a different kind of different kind of work. Yeah. Uh, same people, same thing with relationships and really enjoyable work. Yeah. And you guys specialize in working with contractors, right? I do. Because of my background in project management, one of the things I uh, leverage is the ability to communicate with uh, business owners, good folks, the good folks that work for them. Mm. Uh, the good folks that make things happen, their employees, yeah, um, but also being able to help the business owners with some planning and things like that. Excellent. And this is actually an interesting question. When you worked for these GCs, how how would you rate their uh, employee benefits to what you know now, since that's what you work on? That is a fun question. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't name them. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have, have to name, name them. them. <laughs> they were, I will say, very... Normal for the industry. Normal for the, and normal, what's that? What's normal for the industry? I would say that normal for the industry is a four hundred one k plan with a company match and maybe some optional additional benefits if you select to take those. Gotcha. That's kind of the boilerplate um, plan that yeah. I experienced when I was at those companies. What were the uh, a four hundred one k with a company match? Get that. See what the company's paying. What are the optional benefits, and did the com did the company fund them, or was it up to the employee and said, "Hey, here's an idea, go do something if you want to"? Yeah, yeah. So usually up to the employee to select the supplementals and to pay for those mm -hmm. on their own as the employee. You would have to do a take a payroll deduction to fund that. Let's say, for example, a, a short-term disability or a long-term disability policy on yourself. 
Uh, that's one of the three keys to my A-plus retirement plan is a disability policy because if you stop, we don't want your paycheck to stop. Right. It's important to your retirement plan. It's important to your family. Um, we have to pay the bills. And so that disability policy comes in clutch right there. And so the supplemental benefits that are available are usually extensions on life insurance. Um, mm. A lot of companies will have a flat benefit, maybe 25000 or a $50,000 policy. If you're working for this construction company, mm-hmm. you have access to the 401k, of course, after a qualifying period of working. And then you have this other benefit of a life insurance policy. Well, the supplemental things you could possibly do if you paid for them would be maybe more life insurance or that disability policy. And one thing I sit with uh, business owners and I'll run some proposals and say, this is what disability would cost just for you. And then I show them a group plan and I say, when we pool risk, which is something that insurance companies do because they have uh, large numbers of people, sample sizes, and they can pool risk. So we can cover the business owner and all of his employees, sometimes for less than it would cost just to insure his income in a personal policy. That's so wild. Man, well, we're getting into some details here, and I'm sure that a lot of people are like, man, wait, hold on, what's going on? Um, so let's, you know, you, you have this background in project management um, for two different GCs. You got your degree from OSU in construction management, which we've had several guests on that are in that program mm-hmm. and have great things uh, to say about it. Um, very successful. So what was that transition like? What led you to that transition out of project management and into um, this advising role? What, what was the big pull? I realized that I had an opportunity uh, to join the family business. My uncle is in the business. Uh, my dad was in the business growing up, so I saw my dad helping clients uh, who were friends and then clients and then friends and clients. And so I saw that opportunity to have some flexibility, um, but also be able to really help people Yeah. and to be able to do the things that you want to do and set your schedule and uh, set the amount of work you want to accomplish and then mm-hmm. go after that. And so I saw that. Uh, I was also welcomed into the business by my uncle. And so that was a comforting and fun thing to come in and say, there's great news. I know a lot of great contractors here in Oklahoma City and really in the state yeah. who could benefit from just sitting down for 30 minutes and talking about, have you thought of this? Have we thought of that? Mm-hmm. Um, two things in life are certain. That's death and taxes. And we <laughs> help with both of those. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, so, you know, you're working primarily with contractors because you are you were already in that um, industry, that vertical with your project management background. What are you typically seeing? We've already talked about the average contractor company, and maybe that's GC. When you're working with some of these contractors, what typically do you see when you walk in to have a discussion with them about their benefits? Uh, what do they have in place, if anything? Um, you know, What do they not know? What are some stories you hear? Things like that. What, are, what does it look like when you first walk in with somebody? A lot of times when I walk in, there is a successful business going on. Mm-hmm. And there are very hardworking business owners working in that business. Yeah. And one of the goals that I have is to help them by when I come, we may talk about working on the business instead Mm -hmm. of in the business. 
because yeah. we know you're working hard running a successful business to cash flow and to mm-hmm. pay your good people and to do the good work that you do. And so when I come in, I usually see um, the, the attention not being directed as much as they want it to be directed. They want to do these good things for their people. It's very important to them, and yet they don't, they don't have maybe the time or no one's came in to help them with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of times as a business owner, you're trying to wear every hat, especially when you're getting started or you're, it's largely successful because of your hard work and you think you've got to take care of everything. Um, and I'm sure that includes the benefit side of thing. And I think as a business owner myself, I was very surprised at how little work it is to work with someone like you uh, as an advisor to, I mean, it's really taken care of largely. I just kind of show up to a meeting is that right for you? I mean, you're doing a lot of the legwork. It's not really on the owner to sit there and calculate everything and make sure everything's in place, right? Very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, biggest resistance to doing this planning? Assumptions people might it's too expensive. I don't have time. But what do you, what are you bumping up against when you want to talk to people? The yeah. ones you don't get to talk to, maybe. That's the ones I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Everybody's busy. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a lot of irons in the fire. Um, I do have the ability to relate to that coming from the project management world. We understand that on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock ODOT has a bid letting and a lot of successful contractors are bidding on those jobs. So we don't set meetings for Thursday at 10 o'clock with people. Mm -hmm. Um, we understand what's going on there. People's schedules, uh, the business owners that we have helped, um, they sleep better at night after we do the planning um, because there's a lot of things, a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of things going, and they don't have the maybe don't have the expertise to get that retirement planning piece just right, or to even mm-hmm. take the time to think about what if my business partner becomes totally disabled, and we do need to review the buy sell agreements every year, and we should think about. Um, doing these extra things just to lock in our good people. We kind of said employee incentives and a lot of business owners care deeply about their people. Yeah. And we come in and also care deeply about those people and love to work with them and help them. You had mentioned that uh, one of the big barriers is just getting started. Why do you think that is? And maybe explain that a little bit more. I think there's a, a notion out there that, Retirement planning starts with a million dollars and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It starts with a conversation and mm-hmm. saying, what do you want? Would it be good to have some later money? A lot of business owners don't plan to retire in the true sense or the old sense of the word where it was completely stop working. A lot of folks think that they'll continue to work late into their seventies or even eighties. And some say they'll never work. And I say, great we have a retirement plan for you. It's called later money. <laughs> so you need money now, but you need money later. So let, let us help you with the later money. Let's get tax deferral. Let's get your risk tolerance correct. Let's meet annually and review that. Uh, let's be thinking outside the box. Mm. Um, we know tax rates are going to change. We don't know the future. We like to help business owners and individuals uh, prepare for the future. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think with anything that seems so abstract, especially that's out of the wheelhouse of the business owner, getting started is the hardest part. And even had an article that released today just talking about the tyranny of the urgent. And well, we have another article called the um, Advisor Mentor or a podcast called the Advisor and Mentor Checklist. Mm-hmm. And while you're sitting here talking, uh, 
people sometimes think they can do it themselves. Yeah. And one, they're they're not skilled in that area. Two, they don't have the time. As a consequence, it just gets pushed off. So having a good advisor, somebody who can come in, and then one thing you mentioned that's really attractive is annual reviews. Mm. So it's not static. You do it and you review it, and somebody causes you to do that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. It makes me think that what I have seen also, Martin, to add to that is that a lot of times we start with something really simple. Um, Hmm. In fact, maybe it's a simple IRA, which is a very low-cost, no-cost type of plan for your people. And then maybe we add that disability stuff a year later. And then maybe we're looking at doing making other incentives available the next or the next year. And so it's not a we got to dive in and do a whole bunch of work. A lot of times we initiate a relationship just with something simple and something small and then we build on that um, because we I, I provide a try to provide a high level of service mm-hmm. and just be honest with people and just they'll do what I do that can be beneficial to them and I just help build confidence in the plan yeah so you're saying Rome wasn't built in a day right <laughs> just a single step right um, so for for contractors out are, that are out there that don't have any benefits set up for themselves or their employees what are they missing out on like right now like let's just talk from the employee standpoint for a little bit what are their employees missing out on what can they be doing for their employees that they're they're not aware of well one of the benefits to initiating some type of plan is making an advisor available to their employees what do you mean by that so they're gonna say uh small contractor says, yeah, I want to do that for my people. I care about my people and I want them to have the ability to put into a tax deferred account through the plan. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're going to initiate working with us. We're going to do a small plan for them. They are not only providing that plan, which is introducing some people to a retirement account who may, who otherwise would have maybe never, never maybe never known about it. Yeah, Yeah. Maybe never. We don't know, but they now have the opportunity, um, to sit through a 30-minute presentation, learn about the power of tax deferral, learn a little bit about equities. Don't talk a whole lot about bonds, but we can do that <laughs> later if you want, maybe off air or something. <laughs> um, but we, we're leveraging an advisor for those individuals where they may not ever have experienced that had you not done that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that it is going to allow the business owner to potentially match some of their contributions and they're going to receive a deduction for that match. Um, so they're going to be able to increase some benefits, get some tax savings, and then be able to mainly reward the, the employees that they have. Yeah. Talk about that deduction. Um, so you're saying if I'm going to match, so we're going investing into an IRA, um, into retirement account for our employees, they can invest as well. And if they put 2% of their paycheck, we can match that 2%. And 2% comes out of the company account and goes into the employee's retirement account. And so what deduction do I get as a company for matching? So it's going to be the same as the um, compensation paid Mm -hmm. up to that 2%. So you're going to get that additional deduction. That we won't have to pay in taxes. Right. Gotcha. And... um, the whenever I match, I'm also matching for myself as the business owner. Is that right? That is right. So super important to leverage that plan. A lot of you asked earlier, what are some of the barriers or objections you get to getting started? 
that reminded me of one is that nobody's going to participate. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner, wouldn't you participate? Right. Wouldn't it be good for you to get that match? And, mm-hmm. you know, by if you match 3% and kicked in 3%, you've now got 6% going for yourself. And you only had to put in the three and you get the deduction on the other three from the company. Yeah. Um, so the power is there uh, to do it, even if there's not a lot of people that they feel like may not sign up. There's no is necessarily there, a minimum. Well, is there no, a minimum there used to be? You set the minimum, by, don't you? Well, a certain number of, of employees have to participate for the owner to participate. It depends, on the, it depends on the type of plan, how we structure that. It's pretty some in-depth planning with those right. types of 401ks versus uh, SEPs and other plan types. So it kind of depends on the plan type a little bit. I may be putting you on the spot, but everybody needs heard 401k. What what the heck does that mean? <laughs> I mean, that's a section in the tax law or something, but what what is exactly. it? Exactly. That, that's the other thing. That in general, you can answer that question, but in general, I, f- I feel like a big barrier to getting started is that the financial world has made it so difficult just to get an understanding of the language. You hear SEP, you hear IRA, you hear Roth, you hear 401k, all these terms, even the disability insurance, all that stuff. It's like, whoa, this is a lot. I, I can't understand this. No way. If I can't understand it, I'm not going to move forward. But Anyways, I just wanted to get that point across because I'm sure people listening to this feel that way right now. Uh, go ahead. What is 401k? Yeah, we don't want them to feel that way. So mm-hmm. we want to come in and use plain language to explain some of these things for them. You know, yeah. we That's our job. We understand grats and gruts, grantor retained annuity trusts, grantor retained unit trusts, comprehensive <laughs> estate planning. You lost me already. So you, do you have all that in a nice PowerPoint slide that we can look at? <laughs> <laughs> We can, we can work in all those realms, uh, but our job is to simplify it. Mm. The 401k was uh, created when tax rates were very high. Mm-hmm. Um, in some of the presentations I do, I have a chart, and it shows if you made $50,000 back in the 60s and 70s, you were in the 40% tax bracket. Mm-hmm. That's rounding a little bit but that's nearly half of your income the maximum rate back then because i was in the business go. and got to 98 percent. 98 percent. they took all your money after a certain level and so the 401k was created to uh, help not pay taxes on money at that high rate and defer the taxes so the you uh, making fifty thousand and you defer uh, ten into a four hundred one k. The IRS sees that you made forty thousand that year, so you pay taxes on less money. And then the ten that you put into the four hundred one k grows tax deferred. So if we get uh, we double our money in seven to ten years, then uh, we have twenty thousand dollars in there, and we don't pay taxes until down the road in retirement when we withdraw the money. And the theory behind the four hundred one k is that you'll be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. You won't be receiving a paycheck, so you'll be in a lower tax bracket. And that was great. And this is what I, when I sit with clients, I say, this was perfect for my parents and your parents and their parents. The issue is, if we do this at our age, 25, 30, or 35, 40, if we defer our income taxes at a, historically we're at low rates now, the tables Mm. have turned. So if we defer taxes at a low rate, and then taxes go up in the future, which is what I expect, then we will have done the reverse opposite of what the 401k was designed to do. We will have mm-hmm. deferred taxes at a low rate and paid them at a high rate. So it's it's now become, it's a very popular retirement plan, and it's become kind of a 
potential pitfall uh, for folks. So what are ways around that? Can uh, Maybe you explain Roth and what the difference is between um, a traditional versus a Roth. I maybe have the language wrong there, but I think you You've understand what it. I'm going So I, I get a little bit excited about all this stuff. So just bring <laughs> me back down. I'm too excited. But the, the traditional IRA is the personal version of a 401k. So the tax deferral works the same way, $50,000. We put 10,000 into a traditional IRA, and that 10,000 is gonna grow tax deferred. So if it doubles in seven to 10 years, it's 20,000 in the traditional IRA, and then we're gonna pay taxes upon that, upon withdrawal. So later on, we deferred the taxes. The Roth IRA, which I believe to be the best retirement account available, uh, has a very low limit, and then if your income is over a certain limit, you can't qualify. So a lot of folks that we're working with are blessed to be over those abilities to put into that. Um, But the Roth IRA works like this. If you make that same $50,000 a year and you put 6,000 into that, the IRS sees that you made $50,000 this year and you pay taxes on 50,000. And that 6,000 that goes into the Roth is going to grow and say it doubles between seven to 10 years, turns into 12,000 after 59 and a half, or when you're totally disabled, hopefully the former, not the latter, you can access that $12,000 and not pay taxes. So it grows tax-free forever. So basically, the regular IRA, you're paying taxes whenever you decide to take the money out of the account. And with the Roth IRA, you're paying the taxes when you put the money in the account so that whatever it grows to, there's no it's tax-free at, right. at that point. Yep. It's the concept of the seed versus the harvest. Okay. And just to put a little fear into everyone, <laughs> uh, taxes are going up. And... Everything that's in your 401k, the government gets to tell you what the tax bracket is. Yeah. And they get to tell you you have to pull some of it out. Mm. So what we're doing is we're inviting the government to be a partner in your retirement plan. Mm. So it's not a bad thing. We still love tax deferral. There's value there. There's value in the match. But we want to be careful. And I, with a lot of clients, I recommend that you just do the match and then get all the other dollars into tax-free assets because we're at a low tax bracket mm-hmm. and we're probably not going to go any lower. Um, so that looks like a variety of other different things. Um, there's not a whole lot that is available to grow money in the tax-free bucket. Um, however, permanent life insurance, municipal bonds, and Roth IRAs are available to use. Yeah. Interesting. So you've mentioned IRA, individual retirement account. Is that what that yep, stands for? nailed it. Man, I'm, I know You're more than old. I realize. What's a SEP, Khalil? Oh, you lost me there. Uh, hold on. Maybe I can guess. Structured employee uh, portal. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Small? Here. Is small in it? Small entity? What's an S? What's an uh, SEP? It's a sub, it's a <laughs> supplemental employer simple employer pension simple, plan that's simple is. employer pension small plan. employer it may be small martin you might uh, i think simple's right yeah the the words probably aren't as important as what it does <laughs> so we understand what the ira is we understand 401k was developed but what's the difference it doesn't seem to me like there's a big difference between ira and 401k what's the what's the difference there's not um the 401k is going to have higher contribution limits Okay, so you're saying that if I'm if I'm doing the IRA, I'm going to be limited at what I can invest, like maybe twelve thousand a year or something like that. And on the four hundred one k, I might be able to put fifty thousand a year. It's going to be higher. Higher, higher, but yep. Just an example, right? 
Yep, and the IRS changes that, so they get to say what the contribution limits are. For uh, 2020, uh, the IRA limit was 6000 if you're under the age of 50, um, and the 401k limit was 19500 Okay. That's the difference. Including the match? Not including the match. So not including the match. Or the, or the catch-up if you're over uh, 50. Gotcha. So what is, uh, what is a SEP? And then we'll get a little bit out of the weeds here in a minute. But uh, 401Ks, IRAs, Roth IRAs, and SEP, that's pretty much the toolbox? There's a lot more tools. Okay. <laughs> well, what's, a, what's a SEP? There's a lot more. Okay. The SEP is a, a simplified or a small uh, employer pension plan. And the, the, if you explain this like a cherry, there's a good, nice outside, but then there's a pit in there. There's good things, but then there's a, one, there's a couple things that aren't. The pit about the SEP is that whatever you're going to put in there as the business owner, you're going to put that same amount in for all your employees. Okay. So that's the pension. And you don't have to do that with a 401k? That is correct. It can be uh, structured such okay. that that's a big differentiator. So I kind of went right into the big differentiator. Okay. But the, the SEP works well for um, partners. Maybe there's um, a law firm, uh, for example, with two partners, and they're basically it. Uh, they may establish a SEP and fund that. And the SEP is going to have higher limits than some of the other types of plans. So that is sometimes a, a reason to go with a SEP. Mm. And then um, it's just a little bit, uh, it's, a, it's a type of pension plan that is uh, less watched. I won't say less watched by the IRS, <laughs> but they make it a little bit easier than having a defined benefit plan, um, which is a little bit more complicated and requires actuaries to work on the plan. A SEP is a more similar simple way to do it where the irs says you just need to fill out one form and then keep that form in your file and then do your own reporting and you can have a, a pension plan for your company hmm. um, very low cost pension plan that we yeah. can open and the way that that works is the money is put into an ira so it's an individual retirement account and it's tied to the owner's social so it's a personal account but it's through the business so the business is going to get those same yeah. uh, tax treatments and benefits okay so we have SEP um, what a, we we haven't really talked about the stock market how does this play a role into everything love the stock market <laughs> yeah love the stock market we know that over long periods of time it's been unmatched to grow money mm -hmm. and so uh, in, in the planning that I do I tell I tell them my good clients and friends that I do long-term investing. So we're looking to, um, I ask them, what do you think the market's going to do? Seven, eight, or nine <laughs> or negative three. We don't know. Um, but what we do is a long-term approach where we systematically are purchasing small chunks of the stock market in a diversified either mutual fund or managed account. And we're partaking in the ups and the downs and we're confident that if we we do that systematically and stay with our disciplines and stick to the plan that we will have grown money over time and that the, that it's a great way to grow money over time hmm. and we can be as risky as you want to be we can try yeah. to grow it quickly uh, we can be more conservative there's all the things that you need to do that in the market and hmm. and that's what we help people with that excellent where is the uh, Dow right now Thirty-three thousand, something. Little, like that. little over that. Yeah. Just to uh, back up your point, I'm an old guy, 
1978, I was married, and I just remember because of a discussion I had with a man at the time, the Dow was at 750. Wow. wow. And a gal named Anita Van Caspel had written a book, and she said the Dow's going to go to 3,000. And everybody was going, she's no. crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's way more than the game between 750 and 33,000 because there's dividends and all this stuff. I mean, anyway. It, it does grow, and I just add to what you say. If the if if it isn't a repository of wealth over time, then we're all screwed, right? <laughs> because <laughs> something has gone badly wrong. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great it's it's a great long term idea. I think the last weeds question I have, and you may have some more, Martin. Cryptocurrencies. Uh, I know they're newer than a lot of this stuff. Thoughts, opinions. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that. I do not. Wow, you're a politician. (laughs) Fascinated. Fascinated. What I tell my clients is that it's a great thing. Use the mad money that you have to do that. I do retirement savings. I do that long-term S&P 500 index, um, mutual funds. Um, I don't have the time just with... um, the family and the business and the uh, social things that I try to keep up with uh, to really dig down into it. A lot of my clients do, and some of them have done really well. And I always encourage them. And I say, that's, that's great. Just be willing, be willing to lose that money. And I wouldn't say that about your retirement just because of what we just talked about and the history that we've seen. Well, you're, we've made this really complicated and I know our listeners are be going, what, what, what? First, I go back to my point, get an advisor to help you with it, mm-hmm. but you need to do it. But second, uh, Will Rogers, you remember Will Rogers, well, you don't remember him, but you know. I know him. He made all of this really simple. He, he said, take all your money out of savings and buy stock. When it goes up, sell it. If it doesn't go up, don't buy it. <laughs> Come on, guys, that's pretty good. That was, <laughs> was Will good. Rogers, not me. But anyway, it's simple. It's <laughs> that simple, isn't it? Then go up, don't buy it. There are a lot of people who think like that, actually. Gosh. Okay. So I want to go back to talking about some of the contractors that you help set up these, um, these benefit programs. What are the changes that you see in the uh, contractor, in the employees, in the work environment, in the work culture even? What, what are some of the changes that you start to see once you start working with a company? Probably the first one and the most obvious one is that people are glad to get this in place. If they don't already have it, they're glad to get it in place. If they do have it, they're glad to have someone that understands the business and can help them with it. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not trying to barge in and schedule large blocks of their time. We're trying to come in, spend a very little amount of time, and give them the confidence to understand their plan Mm -hmm. and understand what they're doing for their people. Um, So a lot of people feel great to get this going, mm-hmm. um, either started or re-caught back up. Um, we've worked with a, a Mason who um, had some had a small plan and we just uh, came in and we said, let's uh, pick it up right where it's at and let's just make it better. Um, let me help you with that. We were able to do that and uh, it's been great. Um, things have been going along for a few years and um, they've referred us business and said that it it's great to work with Foster. It accumulates faster than you would think. Well, of course, that's the stock market. It has nothing to do with me. Uh, we just introduced them to it. It can deaccumulate between now and retirement. It too. could do that Let also. Be back up. Yeah. So people, that it helps them um, feel that they're delivering more than just a paycheck to their people. Yeah. Um, they really 
understand the value that we're bringing, maybe because we did some personal planning with them. Mm-hmm. And then they realized, hey, they set an appointment with my employee for 7.30 at night so that he could get signed up for a retirement plan. And that's yeah. that's the level of service that we want to provide because um, that can make a difference in that family's yeah. life down the road. Absolutely. Maybe uh, touch on some of the stuff you see with employees. Like I'm sure for the business owner, typically if they're going and investing in a retirement plan, they're doing pretty well or, you know, they're, they're on the right trajectory at least, you know, they're not tanking. Um, but I'm sure you see a lot of, a lot of differences in what employees attitudes are like when you work with them. Uh, maybe explain kind of the mindset change that they have or just the relief that they feel or whatever it is. Yeah. It's fun to sit with an employee and explain to them that your employer is being very generous Mm. and they want you to do this. They're offering to match whatever you put into this plan up to this percentage. And that's a huge benefit to you. And then explaining that to them through education is going to empower them. So um, starting with what tax deferral is and then ending in here's your account and I'll call you in six months and we'll meet in a year just to check this thing out. And I tell employees that if this is your first time to start a retirement account, this is just a toe in the water. You're going to get more comfortable with it. You're going to understand how it works as we go along and continue the relationship. And I think a lot of people understand that when their employer does that and offers that plan and we come in and sit with those people, they get it. They feel appreciated and they're excited to do it. And a lot of people uh, are surprised how many of their employee employees sign up employees sign up. Would you say, Offering a 401k or a SEP or IRA, simple IRA. Well, or funding IRAs, yeah. It, if you offer that, does it give you a competitive advantage or does that just keep you in the game? I think it just keeps you in the game at this point. Um, so if you're not doing it. If you're not doing it, you're at a competitive you're out of the game. disadvantage. Your, your people could be plucked from other businesses that offer that plan. Um, the more you add to your to your folks, the stickier they become because you're offering them this and this and this and that um, w- along with they like working for you. So when we add all those things together, it helps you retain the good people that make the business successful or help you make the business successful. Yeah. We've talked about how with, you know, Christine Sexter, a great episode to reference here as well, just helping your knowing your employees goals and recognizing that they have goals just like you do and financial goals and helping them get closer to them is in your best interest. And speaking of getting closer to things like goals, uh, this is our segment every once in a while where I mentioned to Martin that you might want to put the mic a little bit closer and spot on. Well, we missed our uh, fire truck segment segment that went by. I heard it go by. Yeah. Yeah. uh, It goes by every, yeah. I mean, nobody plans that, but somebody's out starting fires it. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes like with retirement, you want to get on the right path and your, your, your Mike Martin is not on the, there we go. Now hey, we're I'm straight old, on. Man. I can I'm be a technological illiterate. I'm glad so. I could get you on the right path, yeah. Martin. It's there really important. Um, well done. So with, uh, <laughs> with the employee benefits and incentives and helping them reach their goals. Um, I think that with, retirement it seems kind of like just another benefit how can you make it more than just a hey we, we offer this how can you really incentivize people to get involved and to to feel like they're a part of it you mentioned stickiness maybe explain more about that and how we can make things more sticky for employees 
I think the the match goes a long way providing that. I think what's typical with a match like one percent, ten percent. I know Chesapeake at one point did fifteen percent, which is pretty nuts. That's pretty nuts. Typical is a normal number that I see is somewhere between four to seven percent. Anywhere in there is kind of a normal range. Anything above seven to ten is great. Um, simple IRA plans, you can only match up to 3%. So that's okay. going to be the top if you do a simple plan. So that's maybe one of the, diff- the advantages of doing like a 401k option is you can match more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is that unlimited match? Combined with the uh, – depends on how you set the plan up. Uh, it, it, a profit sharing plan could potentially be. But uh, combined with the higher limits, the 401k becomes more attractive when we need to put more away or we want to do more uh, for the employees. Okay. Cool. So you get so the matching is one thing. Sorry, I cut you off there. Uh, what else can you do to make it sticky? I think leveraging the plan, um, and that's where we come in a lot of the times. Just making ourselves available, letting them know we'll be there. We'll have a box of donuts. We'll <laughs> give you a common sense talk about what the deal is. Yeah. And we'll advertise that free money um, because. At, it's free money. You've heard that term, the mm-hmm. match, free money. Well, it's a hundred percent return. It's a hundred percent return. I, I have to tell another story. Four hundred one k's. I think, I think it was a four hundred one k back in the eighties came out, um, and I was running grain elevators in Nebraska, which was operated by a very large company, and the top dogs in the company, how much they could contribute depended on how much, how many how much we contributed out in the field, we managers. And they they offered a 100% match. And they also told me, and of course I took it, and they, they told me, if we offer you a 100% match and you don't take it, you're too stupid to work for us mm-hmm. and we will fire you. Now, they, <laughs> they couldn't say that in writing, but they literally, I mean, grain trading and quantities, it was all math. <laughs> and if you couldn't recognize a 100% return for saying yes, and they literally, they said, you're too stupid to move work. along. Yeah, see yeah. you later. I've had a, a heat and air contractor um, tell his folks sort of along the same lines. So we'll, we'll make it work out where you guys do this. So just, just do it, and we'll make it work out. So he was um, basically raising the compensation to ac- accommodate them doing the full match because he's a young guy, realized the benefit for his even younger guys right. that were working for him. And um, just a super generous move. And uh, believe it or not, we had 100% participation. What is some of the resistance? We're on retirement, and I think we need to go to some other topics here too. But what is employee resistance to signing up when they don't? I mean, I've got my thoughts on it, but you're living it. When somebody says no. Yeah, typically, if I get a no... It, there's some unknowns going on in their life at that exact moment, and they're not, they don't want to forego any other paycheck, and that's understandable. I respect that. Um, that's going to be the most common resistance yeah. um, because I'm willing to educate until they understand. So it's not a lack of understanding or a lack of opportunity. It's usually just a decision that they're not ready to take that step right then, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, it's not okay. I mean, it's their right, but it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's terrible. So you're saying, so, and I just want to get it to layman's terms pretty quickly, but like if I'm an employee and I'm making, you know, $50,000 a year and we're doing a 5% match at our company, I have to take 5% of my paycheck to get all of that match. 
and put it into an IRA with the company. And then the company will also put 5% in. So 5% of my paycheck is 2,500 a year. So I'm losing 2,500 a year from my paycheck, but it's going to my retirement. It's forcing me to save. And then the company is also putting in $2,500. Is that right? That's right. It's okay. also reducing your taxable income. Gotcha. So now rather than paying taxes on 50,000, mm-hmm. I'm paying tax on 47,5. Yep. Gotcha. And we're getting the growth of the stock market. So things right. are really starting to happen right. for that individual. Right. And so sometimes employees don't it's, take it's that the opportunity. It's the tyranny of the urgent again. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that was a loaded question I know because I've offered to people. Yeah. And they just don't No, I need the money. Very need short-sighted. The money and, yeah. And, uh, and even, even if you explain it to them, I mean, it's like life insurance. You know, you need life insurance. Yeah, someday, but not really because if I die, I won't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't get to spend it. Yeah. So. so, okay, that's interesting. So we want to talk about some other stuff like life insurance, for example. You had just mentioned what's important to know about life insurance for employees, for the business owner and all that stuff. Yep. Uh, two really important things are it's a great tool. We can use it a lot of different ways. Um, we can use it to get uh tax-free access to money before 59 and a half. Uh, Something I really like to help people with is when we have a successful business owner uh, in a construction business, we're potentially looking at retiring early. Mm -hmm. Well, everything we've amassed in qualified accounts, we can't access until 59 and a half without a penalty. Yeah. And so we can build some other uh, accounts that we could access Mm -hmm. before age 59 and a half with no penalty. That's structured through life insurance. Um, in the business, uh, we have maybe partners. Um, we can structure buy-sell agreements. Um, we can structure um, key man policies where if you have a key individual who is very important to the business's success and you want to see him stay through, through your retirement, which is 10 years away, um, we can use life insurance to help accommodate that and make sure that happens as a, How? As a tool. We, we would call that something like a golden handcuff. Okay. And the way that we can structure that is it would be a personally owned permanent life insurance policy for a key person at a company. Let's say an estimator. We've got a really great estimator. He's getting us good work. He's getting great margins, and we want him to stick around. Yeah. We can set up a personally owned life insurance policy for him. Okay. And let the company bonus him compensation to pay the premiums on that. So the company's going to get the deduction, just like a payroll deduction. And the individual is going to own an asset that's going to grow, and he can access it tax-free at any time. And if something were to happen to him, the family's going to receive tax-free money in the form of a death benefit. And that golden handcuff concept is just, it makes it stickier. It makes mm-hmm. that I haven't, I haven't seen, I, I know it's there, but I haven't seen the handcuffs in that yet. How, how, is, it, how is it an incentive to stay? Yeah, what if he's like, after two years, I mean, I'm leaving. Hey, what I'm he leaving, but I'm taking this policy with me. I'll pay it myself. And that can happen. It's just in addition to the other benefits that the employer is offering, when they see what they're getting, when they see the value, uh, we'll use the 10-year 10, 10 time frame, when they see what the accumulation of that policy is in 10 years, uh, and that yeah. they don't have to use their dollars out of their paycheck to, to get there, mm-hmm. That is, that's the cuff. But they if they, they, but they leave, away. they take it with them. If they leave, they take it with them. It can be structured different ways. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've kind of heard some the other Let's way. actually just, if you don't mind, let's go through the simple math on it. Like give an example of what it looks like in year one to year 10. Just because I think I'm even struggling to understand 
what the actual benefit would be. So you're saying that we have this great estimator and we want to keep them for 10 years. What are What is the life insurance policy going to do for, for that estimator? Okay, so we'll set him up potentially uh, with a permanent policy that is uh, $200,000 death benefit. Okay. And we're going to put premiums into that for 10 years at $5,000 a year. Okay. So what does that mean in practicality? So every year he's getting $5,000 bonus to him in the form of salary. Oh, so he's getting an extra 5k mm-hmm. as every every year that he stays on. Yep, and that employee he's going to pay taxes on that. Okay. And then and then that's going to be used to pay the premium on the policy that he owns. It's his policy. Okay. So if something happens to him in year 2, the family okay. and his kids are going to receive uh, a tax-free death benefit of $200,000. Okay. Uh, after putting 5,000 per year in. Right. Um, then over the 10 years, so we get down to the 10 years. We've put 50000 extra by that point from yep. each year. Uh-huh. And we are going to have a tax-free pot of money in the neighborhood of 55 to 70. Depends on your health. Depends on your age. Um, yeah. But that's going to be available to him in an account with his name on it. Oh, and he can just have it. It's his. Mm-hmm. It's tax-free. It's fully paid up. Gotcha. So if you stay the 10 years, you're basically getting... You know, a, a good lump sum. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Excellent. So that's what the and golden handcuff uh, is. If you don't say the 10 years, you're not going to get that. Well, yeah, he could take that and fund it himself after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. There are some places that, that somehow they do it differently that as long as you're here, we're doing this. The company owns the policy maybe and the assigned beneficiary is the husband or wife, the spouse. And anyway, the company... We're, we're way in the weeds. Well, but I've I, heard love, of I like the weeds, but it's, yeah. it has to do, company owns it, death benefit's taxable. Individual own it, death, the death benefit is tax-free. So that's kind of one of the big differences there. So you mm. can structure it where the company owns the policy, and if that individual leaves, the company retains it. Uh, very interesting fact of it, speaking about getting into the weeds, a very interesting fact about life insurance is that you only have to have an insurable interest at the time of application. Other types of insurance, uh, property casualty, uh, you have to have an insurable interest in that home to get insurance on that home. Well, with life insurance, uh, two business partners have an insurable interest because they're in business together. Uh, they write uh, policies on each other and then they sever the business agreement and they go their different ways. They can retain that life insurance on the other individual. It's unique to right. life insurance. That's so interesting. So what's the... and. Because we're in the weeds, I just want to make it really simple. What what is the, what does that mean? Retain it. I get to keep the policy. What does that do for me? Uh huh. So if you and Martin were business partners, sure. and had policies on, I never other, do business with you. By the yeah, way, yeah, there's no chance. <laughs> big time scenario. <laughs> You're not, not, not opening any checkbooks. Big, anymore. big what if? Yeah. And you had bought. Um, you had structured. Uh, let's just say. We did a combination of a buy-sell agreement with an executive bonus plan. So you were building retirement accounts inside permanent life insurance vehicles and also covering the buy-sell. So you've already lost me. Well, Sorry. <laughs> Let's go back real quick. How would I build a retirement account through life insurance? How does that work? Okay. So I explain it like a super Roth. Super Roth, which we explained earlier, which is you pay the tax now for the account, but it grows and you don't pay taxes later. Exactly. Okay. So the way you would accumulate a retirement account in the life insurance policy is think of it like a Roth IRA. Okay. But there is no limit. Okay. 
There is no income limitations. So this isn't like other insurance because I'm used to insurance like my home insurance, for example. No, you're building, I mean, I think that's kind of the missing thing is you used to call them whole life. I don't know. You're calling Great. permanent. Yep. Whole I life. mean, maybe. Yep. But your premium, you, you're buying insurance. So if you die, you get that 200000 But your premium accumulates as cash, not just one for one right Gotcha. Off. So basically my premium it's on my a, home insurance. A, if you don't die, you get your money back. Okay. That's a little, I'm doing air quotes here. But <laughs> air quotes. I, so basically with my home insurance, I have my monthly premium, which is what comes Go out of my on, account baby. every month. And I'm paying, you know, 200 bucks a month for home insurance. And if nothing happens to my home, I lose that $200. Correct. You're saying with life insurance, that's not technically the case. Some that is not, not this kind. on the type, right. Whole life, you own it instead of renting your insurance. So gotcha. loaners versus owners. Right. So our property casualty and the home insurance we have, if a house doesn't burn down, which we hope it doesn't, that money's just gone. We had the protection. It's great. We, we value that, but right. it's gone. In a whole life insurance contract, your your money's not gone. You're building equity in that policy. So we can design it like a super Roth where for business owners, maybe we're putting $100,000 into this account every year. Um, and we're looking to build that policy for a 5% after tax return. So 5% tax free return gotcha. basically is what we're targeting when we do those. Okay. Um, but they're advanced retirement accounts for individuals who... Um, make more than what the IRS would let you put into a Roth. We can still go out there and get that tax-free money and that tax-free account designed for them. Gotcha. Makes sense. So we've been kind of talking about two categories, and we've mixed them up a little bit, I mean, in a positive way. But one's the employees, uh, a really strong estimator, but also I'm always thinking of the guys in the trucks, right? I mean, how can we make them attract really good guys and keep them? And then we have the owners. And we've been talking about both, but mm -hmm. the employees, what, what we're really talking about mostly are retirement funds, and perhaps we can do life insurance even for them, uh, even for them, but for them as well. Makes sense for them. The second, what we've kind of entered here are owners, and what if we relist them, some of the things that the owners want to cover are potential buyouts, right? Mm -hmm. Loss of a key man, uh, operation, I mean, their own lives for themselves. Am I, are there more uses from the owner standpoint for some of these tools? Yeah, I think planning, an overall uh, planning attack on it, um, coordinating with your CPA. A lot of folks work with great CPAs and we also do that. So coordinating the things that are going on in the business aspect and then in the personal aspect um, so succession planning estate planning um, tax planning all yeah. the fun planning <laughs> yeah I think um, another metaphor comes to my mind what we're talking about I don't think anybody listening to us is ignorant of the fact that they need to do something I think many people listening to us haven't done anything mm. and I always equate it to changing your oil and getting gas. Everybody in the world needs, knows you need to change the oil in your truck. But I don't have to do it right now because I'm late for an appointment. You got to have gas. I got to get gas. I'll have to call the people and tell them I'll be late, right? So it's a little bit like changing the oil as opposed to getting gas to do these things. But just one of the main points here is that 
people listening, you do know it. You have to get started. You're probably not going to do it yourself. You need to get an advisor and then put it in until it becomes a habit. I mean, it's always the once you're taking 3% out of your check or 5%, within two months, you, you forget. You forgot you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just part of the new normal, except it's not because you have have something building and working for you on the side. It's one of my favorite questions for individuals and business owners is what, what percentage of your income do you think you should save? Yeah. What, do, what do they say? <laughs> I get a lot of different answers. <laughs> Some don't know. And I say, well, there's a range. 10% is kind of a minimum, in my opinion, if you want to have later money or if you want to have a retirement. Yeah. 20% is probably optimal. And in construction, I just say, what's your profit margin? That would be a good number to kind of target to get up to. Now, we're not going to start with contributing 38% into retirement funds. But right. we may end up there in 10 years. You know somebody with profit margins of 38%? <laughs> gross profit, maybe. Yeah, gross profit. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, there's a there's an old, this is better done when people can see a whiteboard, but maybe we can say it. There's an old French proverb about the lily pads on a pond. So if you have a pond and you have one lily pad and it doubles every day, so you have one, then you have three, and then you have six, right? On what day is the is the pond half full? Okay, it's better when we have a graph here. People always trying to do the real math, and it's not not that hard. It's half full the day before it's full. Okay, if you start this a day late, the day you lose is not that first lily pad. It's that last day that filled up half the pond. Yeah, great analogy. I, I don't know if that plays yeah, that makes sense. plays on that on Absolutely. the air, but that that I tell people all the time: you you're not losing today, you're losing that compound of the you know the growth money. Things don't double every day. If they did, we wouldn't have to worry about anything. Right. But yeah. well, if there were good things that doubled every day, but that that really is it. If you start late, you lose that day. You don't lose the first day. And that's why driving around, being busy, and not doing these things, not paying attention, is critically important now. It's costly. Yeah, very, very expensive mm -hmm. to, to wait. The other thing, um, and it's tying to the rest of the podcast, is all of this is predicated on profitably on a, running a profitable company. Absolutely. You can't distribute losses. Well, if you do, you're distributing your bank loans. and That, that doesn't work over yeah. time. So... I just know because of hundreds of conversations is that people are only marginally profitable. They can hear what you say, and yeah, that's a good idea. But the reason I'm not doing it, and I'm maybe even won't even tell you, is but I don't have the money. Not just don't have the cash. I'm not making any money. So yeah. this is all part of it, but it's a critical part. And we, I think that brings up a good point. What? So let's say that we've already started. You know, we we have these programs in place for life insurance for. Um, matching in a uh, simple IRA or a 401k for employees and COVID happens or something where business goes down and we're not as profitable. How do you handle that? What is the best way Can you way just to not that? do it? Can you just not do it? What is that? I mean, especially if it's in your contracts with your employees and your handbook and all that stuff, what's the best way to handle all this? 
We can. Uh, best way is to work with an advisor. And, <laughs> and they're going to bring the right. solutions to the table when that happens. Yeah. Um, there are provisions in most plans that the matches can be suspended. So that's the simple answer okay. is that in a rough year, um, we can take the match in a simple IRA down to 1% or zero if it's not for more than two years in a row. So okay. there's some flexibility built into those. Uh, also into 401ks, there's some flexibility in that match also for um, company going through hardship or tough sure. times. And we're going to fit something. We're going to fit it right for the company. Um, so we don't want to put in a plan that's not going to be sustainable. And yeah. for that person that you were talking about, Khalil, that is not making the money to do that plan Maybe they're in the territory where they can still do a Roth IRA, and maybe they're doing that personally, just that, every year. Value. Yeah. There's value there. It's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even if you can't do it for the employee, what you're right. saying is do it do as your a business personal owner. Planning, Start yeah. there, then we can build. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we haven't talked about disability insurance, um, which happens in this industry more than other industries. You know, um, I sit at a computer most days, uh, but... People that are on job sites, they get injured. Let's talk about disability insurance and the benefits of that, uh, what that looks like. Yeah, the leading uh, cause of a disability is actually illness. Mm. So being at the computer doesn't protect you from illness. You're just That's as likely point. as the gentleman out Cancer. there in the truck. Most policies that pay out are due to illness. So it's over 90% actually. It's a oh, high, wow. high, high number. Um, and so a lot of times that's what we're hedging against. Um, it's, it's insurance. It's not building cash value. So we're, we're renting that coverage. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll try to do a visual picture here for folks. If you were going to go up to the 100th floor of a tall building and there's two elevators and one elevator has one steel cable. And then the elevator on the left has two steel cables. Naturally, what elevator are you more comfortable stepping onto? Two steel. Two steel. So the disability policy is that second steel cable on your income because if you become disabled and you don't have disability, you're, you're done. Your paycheck's mm -hmm. done. Um, you may have to pay, if we had that same $50,000 a year individual, you may have to pay $2,000 a year for a good, robust, personal disability policy. Mm -hmm. So now you're taking home... 48,000 but if you become disabled 60% of that is going to come to you monthly mm -hmm. while you're disabled and the way we structure them is out to age retirement age 67 uh, 65 depending on your age um, so that's protecting your income and your ability to earn your income yeah and so you can offer that for all your employees not just as the business owner as well so they can protect their paycheck Exactly. Yeah. We can do individual. We can do group. Um, the great thing about group is it definitely depends on uh, the characteristics of the business. Um, but pooling that risk and doing a group policy is very cost effective. Mm. Um, and it's a benefit. So uh, the business owner gets to have that as a deduction. So how does, how does that work in, in practicality? If I, um, let's say I have an employee and they get in a terrible car wreck and they are paralyzed for the rest of their life. As long as we pay the insurance premium, they keep getting their check. Does that work? It depends on the policy sure. and the fine print, obviously, in the policy. <laughs> um, but that's typically going to be um, an at-work policy. If we're funding it with the employer-funded disability yeah. policy, it's going to be protecting them while they're at work. So if they were um, driving 
to a meeting or something like that. Absolutely that protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we would just keep paying that premium every month. Or do you have, you don't have to keep paying you, When they go on claim, you're done paying yeah. the premium. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Otherwise, so they, you'd just be getting a net amount. With, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very interesting. So there's some other insurances out there that help with some, and I don't, you may not offer it, but I know that I only know this because of you, Martin, um, business interruption insurance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's in your, is that in your baby? It's in the realm of disability, uh, business overhead expenses. Uh Uh Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. That's something most business owners really kind of don't know if they have that or not. And if they have good agents, uh, they do. It's it's very inexpensive. But I've had two clients over the last three years where it wound up uh, being hundreds of thousands of dollars saved their rear ends. One was due to a theft and one was due to a fire. And they didn't even know they had the policies. (laughs) And we're going, oh, my God, well, did you know you have this? Mm. So it pays your employees uh, normal profits. Anyway, you don't get sales. It doesn't give you, if you're selling a million a year, you don't get a million a year. You get, anyway. But you get profits. It's something to, I don't, again, I don't know if that's it really It keeps you in range. business. Yeah. yeah. Well, it keep. yeah, but I, I just redid it for my wife who has a uh, speech therapy clinic with 17 employees. And her most valuable they're not assets because she doesn't own them but her most valuable thing are her therapists they're hard to get and and so if she got wiped out by a tornado and it's two months to rebuild or three uh, one of the biggest dangers is that she loses those therapists so there's a means to pay huge so i don't know is this huge is that in your realm yes oh okay okay so So that's that's in the business owner conversation around the disability Um, mm-hmm. around the conversation of having that uh, business interruption insurance and that overhead protection, it's actually going to fund their retirement plans also. Yeah. So your, your retirement plan is still going to be funded while that interruption yeah, of your and, business is And I mean, you, took four, uh, you said 2000 for 50000 on the uh, disability insurance. I'm just a guy, but that's a pretty high. That's 4%. I mean, that's pretty pretty high premium. Business interruption insurances that I've seen are just – very low. Very low. Very and affordable. There was all this discussion about COVID. And I'm not talking about business interruption because of COVID. I'm talking to, maybe it applies, but I know that was a big issue when it came out. But just for theft or fire or tornado or something like that, and you wake up in the morning, you used to have a building, and now you don't. Big what deal. What are you going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've covered a lot of areas. We've covered... Um, Retirement plans, we've covered uh, life insurance, disability insurance. Uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, stickiness of the golden handcuff. Um, is there anything that we're missing? Does that cover most of it? It covers a lot. Anything yeah. that you think we're missing, Martin? No. Um, I want to reiterate that you get advisors to do this stuff <laughs> because you don't. I'm lost. <laughs> you, just, you just can't know this. These are the things that in our advisor and mentor checklist, accounting, legal, uh, good banker, insurance people, you don't know this stuff. Yeah. And you and you walking around with a presumption, like, oh, business interruption insurance is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's not. For my wife, it's 500 bucks a year. Yeah. Yep. Okay, it's tied onto liability and things like that, but it's not. So you get an advisor. And second thing is that, uh, from, from your conversation, really, we originally kind of talking about this of making, you said it perfectly, making employees sticky, attracting good employees and keeping them. I mean, they're just so 
integral to you. They, they are your business in many respects. Mm. So my question to you was, if you do these things, does that make you an uh, outstanding competitor or just competitive? And your answer was competitive. So if you're not doing these things, that's a level of urgency. So the second key point that came out of this for me, yeah. um, you have to be profitable. Right, so that's yeah. you got to listen to this episode and then go listen to the other, however many we got, and make damn sure you're profitable. Yeah, uh, it's all part of not kidding yourselves. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think going back to uh, you know, just like I helped Martin get his technology in order and get his mic in line and my Mac. Hey, Khalil, how you do this on get a Mac? Get closer to the mic, all that stuff. Do I still he, need to get closer to the mic? No, you're fine. Okay. I'm just joking with you. but uh, He's got a little Velcro thing, thing I mean, on my nose, and I put it on this sneeze shield and Velcro on my nose to it. Don't expect to know everything and get help, right? I help Martin out. Find someone like Foster who can help you out with um, all of your employee incentives, the benefits, the life insurance, retirement planning, uh, tax planning, um, disability insurance, all these different things. Don't You don't have to do it yourself. Uh, and getting on the path matters. Uh, getting close to your goals is really important and they're not just going to happen someday. Uh, someday isn't a day of the week. As, yes. I think that's Zig Ziglar. But someday, someday isn't a day of the week. He tells that story about his dad always wanting to um, go and visit all the national parks. And he said, someday we're going to do it. And the day that they went to go leave, he had a heart attack and died. The day they were going to go look in the national parks. So mm-hmm. someday isn't a day of the week. Uh, go and work on this stuff. If you're profitable, get it done now. But even if you're not profitable, go find out about go it because it goes into it. part of your cost. And as you become profitable, you've got to include yep. the real costs of being in business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Foster, how, how can people connect with you? Well, um, they can reach out via phone. Yeah. Email. Okay. What's your website that we can give in the show notes? We are on LinkedIn. I'm okay. on LinkedIn. Excellent. Um, Foster I'm on Facebook, Eagle okay. Strategies. Okay. Um, best way to contact, call the office, okay. 405-943-0300. Okay. Awesome. I'll be happy to come see anyone. Just We want to be on the team. Can you be, work out of state? Yes, sir. Okay. We work uh, all, all 50 over. states or are you licensed in? We can get licensed there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we work in probably... Our office probably works in close to 15 or 20 right now. Okay, and so it's so not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. Okay. And uh, we just want to we want to be on the team. We want to be part of the advisors that you know and trust. Yeah. And we feel like we can bring some value. We want to have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, and I will say with this, it does it will be really helpful to work with someone who understands your business and understands your industry, your type of employees, what works for companies similar to you. So. I would recommend if you are a contractor working with someone like Foster, uh, who is in this vertical, who understands the industry. Um, so just, it makes things a lot easier. Uh, and you know that you're going to get knowledgeable answers from experience, not just cookie cutter solutions. So, um, yeah, well, we appreciate having you on. Thank, Thank you. Thanks sir. for being a part Enjoyed of the Cashflow Contractor. And, um, yeah, we'll Love see you again you guys soon. Are doing with it. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks Foster. Thanks. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.